coming up on Locked On Dodgers, we're going to talk about the fact that fandom and logic don't always go hand in hand. In fact, they are polar opposites at times, and we have seen that a lot since the Dodgers signed Shohei Otani and uh, are reported to have signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto. We're also going to talk about the report that that signing of Yamamoto will become official this week. Talk about what the corresponding move on the 40-man roster might be, and a little rumor that Hunjin Ryu might be on his way back to the Dodgers. We'll dig into that. That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My normal co-host is Vince Samperio, although it's just me today. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we're bringing the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And uh, getting started, we will hear. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about fandom. It's been a little bit crazy. Since the Dodgers uh, signed Shohei Otani, there has been a lot of hand-wringing, consternation, uh, fainting couch, whatever you want to call it, people are declaring that the Dodgers have ruined baseball. I've seen people say that uh, Shohei Otani went from the most beloved player in baseball to the most hated player in baseball by signing with the Dodgers and contributing to ruining baseball. And believe it or not, I think there may be a little bit of hyperbole in those statements. I think people may not be thinking totally rationally. And I understand that's the nature of fandom. The word fan is short for fanatic. Fandom is, by its nature, irrational. I don't necessarily think that we have to accept that, though. And I think when people say super stupid things, it's okay to call them out on it. And uh, I think that what better place to do that than on a podcast like Locked on Dodgers. And so, you know, some of this stuff, this overblown Dodgers ruining baseball, like I personally, I guess my first point is I'm biased. I am absolutely biased. I am a Dodger fan. I love the Dodgers. I wanted the Dodgers to sign Shohei Otani. I was very excited when they did. I wanted them to sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I'm very excited that they are. I am biased. Pointing out my bias isn't enough, though. Just because I'm biased doesn't mean I'm wrong. Bias is an explanation for why someone is presenting a faulty argument. Bias in and of itself is not a faulty argument. And so a response to me saying something can't be, well, you're biased, you're a Dodger fan. Because, okay, where is my bias showing in my argument? What am I saying that's incorrect? And those incorrect statements are caused by my bias blinding me to some truth. And that's where people fall short. People think it's just enough to say, well, I don't have to listen to any Dodger fan on this subject because obviously they're biased. Yep, I am biased. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. And so let's dig into some of this stuff. I, I had a friend who, uh, you know, did the whole Dodgers ruining baseball thing. And I, I sent him back a text. And uh, 
I said, last year, everybody made fun of the Dodgers for not doing anything as Trey Turner, Xander Bogart, Stansby Swanson, Carlos Correa, Aaron Judge, Brandon Nimmo, Carlos Redon, Jacob DeGrom, Justin Verlander, Nathan Evaldi, et cetera, et cetera, all signed big contracts with other teams. The year before that, it was Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa the first time, Trevor Story, Javi Baez, Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, Max Scherzer, Kevin Gosman, Carlos Redon the first time, Eduardo Rodriguez, Robbie Ray, Marcus Stroman, et cetera, et cetera. All those free agents and the Dodgers signed Freddie Freeman. The only big name multi-year free agent the Dodgers signed the last two off seasons was Freddie Freeman. And even Freeman, they got on a discount because the, the team he wanted to play for, the team he had spent his whole career with, didn't want him anymore. Didn't want him at anything close to his terms. So the Dodgers got closer to his terms than the Braves did, and they ended up with Freddie Freeman. Uh, the Dodgers did not throw their money around the last two off seasons. And it's not just last two. I did the last two because that was what's easy to come by. You could go back farther. When's the last big, big name free agent the Dodgers signed? If you look at their roster, before they signed Otani Otani and Yamamoto, big name free agents that the Dodgers had on their roster, it was Freddie Freeman. That's it. They have other free agents. You know, Max Muncy was a free agent because the A's dumped him because he was terrible. When they had Justin Turner, he, he was a free agent because the Mets DFA'd him. Chris Taylor, they traded. That wasn't a, a free agent. You know, uh, people say, well, Mookie Betts, they signed into a big contract. Yeah, after they give up prospects to get him. And yeah, and I am not saying the Dodgers don't have money and they don't have advantages because of their money. But free agency is not where the Dodgers have thrown that money around. The Dodgers have thrown that money around in places where, hey, come to us, see what a great organization we are, and then we'll give you some money to stick around. But even that, look who walked. Corey Seager walked, Justin Turner walked, Cody Bellinger walked. These guys walked because before that, Zach Granke walked, Hunjin Ryu, who we're going to talk about later in this episode, uh, Kent Maeda, the or, no Dodger traded Maeda. Uh, sorry about that. Um, but these guys walked because they didn't fit in the Dodgers' plans. The Dodgers, you know, I, I guess the point I'm getting at here is when people say the Dodgers are ruining baseball by throwing their money around, they aren't even the highest. Uh, don't even have the highest payroll for this coming year during which they're throwing their money around. And then people say, well, that's because they did all these tricks to get under the, you know, we're talking uh, luxury tax payroll, which Shohei Otani was expected to get between 45 and $50 million a year. And the Dodgers uh, luxury tax bill for Shohei Otani is between 45 and $50 million a year. The Dodgers paying luxury tax are exactly the amount of money that Otani was expected to make. What they did was something that was beneficial to both sides. Hey, let's defer some of this. You get to say you got a $700 million contract, even though it's the same exact thing as a $450 million contract. We get to put off paying you some of that money because you don't need it right now. Everybody wins. That is not ruining baseball. That's First of all, it's a one-time thing, as we talked about. No other player will afford to do to defer 97% of their salary. Other players have done big deferrals, and it was never winning baseball until the Dodgers did it. Uh, nobody's done it as big as Otani, but nobody's going to in the future either. So is it really ruining baseball if it's a one-time thing? Probably not. And, and the fact is, it was available to other teams. It's just that Otani chose to come to the Dodgers. Why did he do that? Because all the different ways that you can build a team, one of which is free agency, trades, player development, drafting, all of those, identifying people off the scrap heaps. The Dodgers are really good at all those ways that you can build a team. That's why guys like Otani want to sign with the Dodgers because the Dodgers have proven we are a successful franchise and Otani can come and just add to that. And so 
when when people bemoan, like I feel like the Dodgers would have to at least have the highest payroll this coming year. Uh, ideally, the highest payroll ever before they were ruining baseball. Highest payroll ever? Oh no, that's the Mets. Who were people screaming that they were ruining baseball last year? Not that I remember. Maybe maybe some people were. I don't know. I didn't hear it. But the fact is, uh, most people looked at it and said, well, there's a lot of concerns there with what the way the Mets are spending their money. You know, signing Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, both of whom were 800 years old and, and arms barely holding on. And both of them ended up having injury issues. Both of them got traded because the Mets underperformed, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you can't buy a, a World Series. You can buy a better team. I think the big concern here, and this is coming from my Dodgers bias, I will acknowledge this, but if I'm wrong, show me where. I think the concern is people are worried that the Dodgers are doing it well. The Dodgers are spending a lot of money and doing it well. When the Mets bumped up their payroll last year, it wasn't uh, it wasn't on the best free agents. Like, yeah, Max Scherzer, uh, I guess Scherzer was the year before, Justin Verlander, you know, like they were good free agents. They, they signed Francisco Lindor to a big, long extension. You know, there, there's a lot of money there but they weren't getting the top guys available. If the Dodgers went out and got the best hitter available and the best pitcher available, I think the concern is that the Dodgers are doing it well. And so uh, I'll, I'll read my last paragraph that I texted to my friend in response. And, and I'll end the, this segment with this. Uh, all those free agents and the Dodgers signed only Freddie Freeman. That was great for baseball. It was great that the Phillies signed Bryce Harper and Trey Turner and Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. It was great that the Padres signed Manny Machado and Xander Bogarts and traded for Juan Soto and extended Fernando Tatis. It was great that the Angels locked up Mike Trout and had Otani and signed Anthony Rendon, et cetera, et cetera. Now that the Dodgers signed two guys, suddenly the sky is falling and baseball is ruined. I think we got to at least wait until uh, the Dodgers win, you know, two World Series in a row before we worry about them building a super team, chances are nobody's won back-to-back -back World Series in over 20 years. Chances are it won't be the Dodgers the next two years. Hopefully it will, but even if it is, they won't have ruined baseball. But let's at least wait until that point before we start worrying about super teams and ruining baseball and all of that stuff. And, uh, you know, every one of these arguments has these kind of flaws that are all irrational. Uh, you know, the Phillies, they extended Bryce Harper's contract out to 13 years specifically to get the luxury tax bill down. The Dodgers are paying the full 46 million that the Shohei Otani was expected to get in luxury tax. It's, you know, it's a double standard. It's weird. And it just shows logic and phantom don't go well together. I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about Yoshinobu Yamamoto. His signing will apparently be made official on Wednesday. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what a corresponding roster move might look like. And uh, we'll dig into Hunjin Ryu a little bit later. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first lesson every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Moneyline bet just means you pick the winner. You don't need over-unders. You don't need to cover a spread. It's just, who do I think is going to win? You have a feeling. You pick the winner. If you're right, you put at least 5 bucks on it. Boom. $150 in bonus bets. If you had picked the Raiders over the Chiefs on Sunday, Chris, or on Monday, Christmas Day, uh, that would have been a really good move for you. Uh, especially if you put more than five bucks, you win a bunch of money there and also get your $150 in bonus bets, bonus bets. And so if you have a feeling, get in on it, 
Uh, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey, I'm back. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Especially want to thank you everydayers. Those of you who are with us every day, it was kind of ridiculous uh, in a good way. Thousands of you watched and or listened to our Christmas Day episode. Thousands of you. And I can't even tell you how much I appreciate that. It's uh, it. I expected, you know, and I said on yesterday's episode, I expected some of you to listen. There's always dead time on Christmas Day. Thousands of you, though. It's awesome. I love it. So thank you for being everyday. If you're not an everyday, it's easy to become one. Just watch or listen every weekday morning. And uh, if you have friends or family who love the Dodgers, tell them about the show. Maybe they'll like it too. Also want to remind you, you can check out the two 24-7 streaming channels that Locked On has. Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles. They're both on YouTube streaming 24-7. Locked On Sports Today gives you the whole nation's uh, sports coverage. Locked on Sports Los Angeles obviously specific fo- specifically focuses on LA sports. You can find this podcast on Locked on Sports Los Angeles every day. Uh, so check out both of those from the Locked on Podcast Network, which is your team every day. And last thing I want to remind you about really quick before we move on, uh, you can join, you can become a Locked on Dodgers insider by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Dodgers. It's a text message based interaction where we will send you our insights on moves and and rumors and everything throughout the day. You know, sometimes a few messages a day, sometimes one message a day. You know, it just depends on what's going on. We're not going to clutter your your text box, but it's a fun way to interact and you can reply. It'll come directly to us and we will, you know, interact with you there. It's a lot of fun. We have quite a few over there right now and uh, enjoying that a lot. It's only a few bucks a month and there's a free two week two-week trial. So check that out. Go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on Dodgers. And now let's get dig back into the episode. Uh, there was a report on Christmas day, Monday that, uh, the Yoshinobu Yamamoto signing will become official on Wednesday. Uh, the Dodgers will be holding a press conference at, I believe it was 3 PM, uh, Pacific time, which is like 8 AM in Japan. I think I saw. And so, uh, that move will become official. Before that can happen, uh, the Dodgers are going to have to make a 40-man roster move, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, some possibilities there. Uh, before we get into that, there was we got some more word. The last time we talked in detail about Yamamoto was on Friday or on, on Thursday, when uh, Thursday night, when the signing became official, or not when it became official, when we got word that it was happening. And we've gotten more information since then about what the contract looks like. There are two opt-outs, I believe, after years six and eight of the deal. And uh, the contract is somewhat backloaded, according to Ken Rosenthal. Uh, speaking backloaded, I'm going to lean back in my chair a little bit. I hope you guys don't mind. I'm getting a little comfortable. I'm having some back issues. But uh, the, uh, the, the contract's a little bit backloaded. We don't have specific numbers on how backloaded it is. Uh, but... We, we did hear there's a $50 million signing bonus and then presumably much smaller salaries for the first few years. So basically, Yamamoto would be giving up the highest paid years of the contract if he did opt out. And so there's incentives for him not to opt out. There's also, uh, obviously, if he pitches well, he still could opt out. So it's kind of a win-win. It's kind of the, the platonic ideal of an opt-out where uh, 
it, it could work out for both sides. And if he's pitching, uh, you know, the way it doesn't work out is if he's pitching poorly and so he doesn't opt out and the Dodgers continue paying him. But, you know, that's the risk you sign up for when you sign a pitcher to a long-term deal like they are doing. Uh, so that we, we haven't heard many other details besides that on what the contract looks like. Uh, presumably we will get those actual details over the next couple days uh, as the deal becomes official. I'm interested to see what the press conference looks like. Uh, I assume they'll do it in the same spot at Dodger Stadium, out by the, the front door to Dodger Stadium in center field where they did Otani's press conference. I assume maybe they didn't even take the chairs down, uh, just threw a tarp over them or whatever. Uh, but it's going to be exciting. It'll be similar. Uh, I don't know. I guess one thing we'll learn is will Yamamoto be using the same interpreter that Otani is using uh, or will he have his own? Uh, that's something we don't know. Not super important, but it'll be interesting to see at least. Uh, and and the rest of the press conference, obviously uh, Yamamoto is a big deal. Uh, maybe not quite as big a deal as Otani, but still a very big signing. Obviously the Japanese media presence will be big again. So should be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. I'm assuming that Sportsnet LA will be broadcasting it. I assume the Dodgers will be streaming it just like they did with Otani. Uh, all the ways to watch it will probably be about the same. Uh, MLB Network showed the Otani one live. I assume they will with Yamamoto, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, but it, it'll be fun to kind of get our first glimpse into Yamamoto and see, uh, you know, who he is, see his personality a little bit and uh, get to know him a little bit. I am excited about that. Uh, excited to make it official. Now, before they can make it official, uh, they need to make room on the 40 man roster. And there's a couple ways they can do that. Uh, one of the ways is to make a trade or two that frees up spots on the 40 man roster. Uh, we have talked about how the Dodgers are definitely going to be making some trades this off season. And so maybe, uh, maybe one of those trades happens before the press conference on Wednesday and uh, they clear up roster spot that way. So it could be someone like Michael Bush or Miguel Vargas or, you know, any Diego Cartaya, some of these guys who we've talked about that might be on the move. One of their, uh, you know, a Michael Grove kind of guy, uh, somebody like that, or, or some of those guys could be involved in trades. We haven't heard any rumblings about specific trades that the Dodgers are working on right now. Doesn't mean they're not. Uh, in fact, chances are they, I'm recording this at 10 30 PM Pacific on Christmas night. And so I assume the holiday break is over for the Dodgers front office and they're working pretty hard on all of these things. Uh, so a trade is definitely one way they could do it. But another way would be simply DFAing somebody, simply getting somebody off the roster. And when we look at who the possibilities are there, it is some names we've talked about before. Uh, Brian Hudson really jumps out at me like I have nothing against Brian Hudson. I just have a hard time picturing Brian Hudson being a big part of this Dodgers bullpen. He could be, I'm not going to bet my shoe or bet that I'll eat my shoe that he won't be. But Brian Hudson seems like a really, really prime candidate. When you look at the other relievers, the Dodgers have uh, the needs on the 40 man roster, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he is the most likely guy on the 40 man roster. I would think to be DFA'd to just be dumped for nothing. Uh, other guys who could fit into that, Gus Varland, Ryan Yarbrough. I don't think, I, I do think Brian Hudson is more likely than either of those guys simply because I think Varland has better stuff 
than, than Hudson. And Yarbrough has experience starting, pitching in long relief, all those things. Yarbrough could contribute to this year's big league team, even if it's just as a depth piece. I don't expect Ryan Yarbrough to be on the active roster when the Dodgers start the season, unless other people are hurt. But I don't think he's a guy you just give away for nothing, uh, just cutting him. And so if, if, if Yarbrough is off the roster to make room for Yamamoto, I assume it would be because of a trade. Uh, other guys, like when you look through the rest of the Dodgers 40-man roster, there are no position players who are DFA candidates right now. And so you really are looking at like, and there's other pitchers who, you know, wouldn't be totally shocking. And Monte had a bad year last year, but he had a great year the year before that. I don't think they're going to give up on him. JP Fireisen hasn't pitched for the Dodgers yet, but uh, they traded for him for a reason. And he has a ton of team control left. I don't think JP Fireisen is going anywhere. Uh, beyond that. Yeah. I think, I think that's basically it. And so if it's a DFA, uh, I'd be shocked if it's not Brian Hudson, basically at this point, because he absolutely makes the most sense. Uh, he also could be a guy who they bring back on a minor league contract, depending on you know what he wants to do. I mean, he's 26 years old, almost 27. Doesn't throw hard despite being huge. Just you know, uh, he makes a lot of sense as that roster move. Although what makes even more sense is a trade, uh, because we know they have to make trades anyway. We know they need a roster spot right now. I'm sure if the Dodgers can work out a trade between now and then, they will. Uh, but Brian Hudson will be definitely plan A, fallback plan, uh, if they need to DFA somebody. They may need another roster spot soon, too, because there was a rumor, uh, a weak rumor, but a rumor that the Dodgers might be in talks with Hunjin Ryu, former Dodger Hunjin Ryu. So we are going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk about that. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked On Dodgers. Hey, we're back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Uh, remember to check out Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles, two 24-7 streaming channels on YouTube from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And uh, remember to check us out. If you're listening on or watching this on YouTube, love to hear your thoughts in the YouTube comments section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you in other ways. We'd also love to hear from you by you joining our insider club at joinsubtext.com slash locked on Dodgers, where you can text us anytime. You'll get priority on our mailbag episodes. Uh, we'll do some subscriber only, insider only mailbag episodes that are here on YouTube and only available to our insiders. Uh, a lot of fun stuff, plus interacting with us if that appeals to you. So check that out. It's just a few bucks a month with a free two week trial. Uh, Hunjin Ryu, he left the Dodgers after the 2019 season. Uh, when he finished second in the Cy Young Award voting, uh, he led the major leagues with a 2.32 ERA. Was just outstanding that year. Uh, he made 29 starts, which uh, is a ton for a Dodger starter these days. Uh, actually, had enough innings to qualify for the the ERA title, which Dodger pitchers don't do much these days anymore. Uh, went 14 and five with a 2.32 ERA. Finished second in the Cy Young voting, and was just outstanding. Then he went to the Blue Jays, and his first year with the Blue Jays was a shortened 2020 season. He was excellent again, five and two with a 269 ERA, finished third in the American League MVP or Cy Young voting that year. And then uh, everything went downhill from there. In 2021, he, he made 31 starts, was healthy the whole season, uh, but had a 437 ERA, didn't pitch extremely well. Uh, 
uh, I mean, it, it's not terrible. And, but you know, you, if you look at, uh, he was worth, uh, where is it? 2.0 war two war in 2021, uh, after being worth 5.1 war in his last season with the Dodgers and 2.9 war in the shortened 2020 season, only two war, uh, in the, the full 2021 season. And then things got worse. He had Tommy John surgery. He's only pitched 79 innings over the past two seasons. And in those past two seasons, his ERA has been wait for it. Uh, 480. No, that's his fifth 422. So I'm not terrible, not great though. And his strikeout rate has gone way down. Uh, when he was with the Dodgers in 2018, his strikeout rate, uh, was was pretty darn good. He had a 27.5% strikeout rate, which is well above average. 2019, when he was excellent, his strikeout rate was 22.5%, which was right around league average. And then 2020, it was up to 26.2%, his first year with the Blue Jays. But then 2021 was down to 20.4%, which is below average. 2022 and 2023, 14.2% and 17%, well below average, both of them. And uh, his walk rate has remained good. He doesn't walk a ton of guys, although last year he walked more than, than he has uh, in the past. But overall, he just re- really the big question. And Vince and I talked a little bit about the idea of Ryu uh, a few weeks ago. We were talking about potential free agent starters, guys to come in and be a fifth starter or whatever. And Ryu was a guy we talked about. And it's hard to know how much of these strikeout issues are because of the arm issues. When a guy struggles before and after Tommy John surgery, it's hard to know. Did he struggle because of the arm injury or did he get the arm injury because he was trying to overcome struggles? You know, it's hard to know the cause and the effect there, or even if they're related, we do know his strikeout rate was down to 7.7.6 strikeouts per nine. And what did I say? 20.4%. So both uh, among the lowest of his career, in 2021 when he pitched the full season. So presumably he was healthy that year, didn't strike out many guys. Um, and so I, I'm not sure that Ryu, I, I guess if he's not going to strike guys out, there's other ways he could fill a hole for the Dodgers, uh, eating innings, pitching a lot. Well, that hasn't been his recent track record. In fact, he's only made 30 starts in a season uh, twice, his rookie year in 2013 and uh, in 2021, uh, even his two best seasons, 2019, he made 29 starts and 2020, he did start every game. He was supposed to 12 starts in a 60 game seasons. That's what you'd expect from a starter. So he's been like, he was reasonably healthy from 2019 to 2021, those three years, but then, you know, he's not getting any younger. He is 36 years old. He'll be 37 during spring training, right at the end of spring training. Do you expect him to come in and become a picture of health? Now, one of the benefits of his age and his recent struggles is he would be a one-year contract that wouldn't cost very much. And so as a depth piece, you know, I don't hate the move. He's a fan favorite. Everybody loves him. Uh, and with the rotation that's already going to have Yamamoto and Bueller and Glasnow and Bobby Miller and then, you know, some combination of Emmett Sheehan and Gavin Stone and Michael Grove and maybe some of the younger guys like Kyle Hurt and Landon Knack and River Ryan. A lot of those things, you know, it's not the end of the world, not a terrible idea, especially if they go to a six-man rotation, which I think is definitely an option. 
not a terrible idea to have a guy like Ryu who can be an inexpensive uh, inning seater, a end of rotation guy. You don't mind skipping a start once in a while if you want to give a young guy a shot. You know, a lot of different ways that Ryu can can help the team. Uh, but it's also worth noting, I guess, that this was one report from one guy who he does seem to have the in sometimes on uh, Korean ball players. Uh, but he, even he hedged his bets. He said, I could be wrong though. And so, you know, are the Dodgers talking 100 Ryu? They very well might be. Does that mean it's going anywhere? Not necessarily. Uh, but if it did, it wouldn't be my wouldn't be my least favorite move ever. Um, I like Ryu, and I think you know because even like even when he's struggled, his career FIP is three fifty three. But even the last three seasons when he's struggled and been hurt, his overall FIP in those years is four twenty nine. Uh, his overall ERA is 432, which is an ERA plus of 101. So he's been basically exactly league average uh, in, both, in both ERA and FIP. FIP is fielding independent pitching, pitching. If you don't know, basically it's just a measure that tries to determine what should his ERA have been based on how well he pitched. Um, and it's based on walks, strikeouts, and home runs, the three things that theoretically a pitcher can control. So, But his FIP and his ERA line up very well over those three seasons. And they're both about league average. And if, if Rio could come in and pitch, uh, you know, give six innings per start when he does start and league average, he could be successful and it could be good for the Dodgers. Basically, Lance Lynn without the home runs, basically. Um, now, and, and although now that I look at it, not totally without the home runs, in those last three seasons, he's pitched 248 innings and allowed 38 home runs. So that's, you know, if we pencil him in for 150 innings, that's still, you know, uh, 25-ish home runs probably. Uh, still not quite Lanson levels, but not ideal. But, you know, I guess my end point is I don't hate the idea of Hunjin Ryu. Uh, when we're talking about, you know, are they maybe going to go after Lucas Giolito as that fifth starter? Uh, do they, you know, guys like Giolito or Sean Manaya who we've talked about, you know, Ryu, I'd probably rather have both Giolito or Manaya than Ryu. But, but not by a ton, and Ryu would probably be less expensive. And uh, Ryu, for sure, I think they could get on a one-year contract. I think there's probably value in that. For a team with a lot of young pitching prospects, uh, that flexibility when they have so many other guys locked in, you know, maybe that's what they're looking for, and that's why they're talking to Ryu. It'll be interesting to see. Interesting to see if anything comes of that, uh, and if so, what that deal would look like. Um, that's going to do it for me for today. We've got a few more episodes this week. Vince and I should be together tomorrow, I think. And uh, obviously on, on Thursday morning, Wednesday night, we'll have plenty to talk about with Yamamoto's press conference. But there's always Dodger stuff to talk about, and we enjoy doing it with you. So thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen, especially our everydayers. We really appreciate you. If you're not an everydayer, it's easy to become one. Just watch or listen every weekday morning. Uh, remember to check out uh, and become a Locked On Dodgers insider by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Dodgers. Be sure to check out the two 24-7 streaming channels that the Locked On Podcast Network has over on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles, both of those streaming 24-7. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at VinceSense91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and both of our DMs are open over there. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK, 5625. 
We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We will talk to you tomorrow.